real life street stars, man. We got a real situation in here, man. A big court in the building and touchdown. We know limit soldiers. Right. I thought I told you we know <laughs> Man, listen, man. What's good? What's good, man? Uh, good, for those man. that are deaf, dumb, and stupid, man, reintroduce yourself, man. Let them know who you is, where you from, and what it is you do. Man, I'm Big Court from No Limit Forever, No Limit Records, you know what I'm saying? Kansas City, Missouri, Los Angeles, California, Holding Court Podcast from the four block, 64130, Kansas City, Missouri. Did you ever see that meme that was going around, like, if you could have one chain, yeah. which one would you have? They had yeah. No Limit. Yeah. Or the cash money. The cash money. They had uh, <laughs> Rockefeller, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Let's talk, before we even get into your story, talk about that No Limit chain and the, you know, what it means, yeah. you know, just what it means. Well, you know what? The thing about this one, this particular one, Snoop designed this one. Oh, talk yeah, about yeah. So, so this this is the the more recent one. This is like the No Limit Records of the new era, right? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm from the Square Tank. You know what I'm saying? Like, I still got the Square Tank. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, the tank then morphed over the years. You feel me? So, yeah, this is the one that Snoop designed. Man, know? I ain't gonna lie to you. Uh, when I was a young buck out here in like ninth, tenth grade, whatever. Yeah. I got me a No Limit chain, man, a little silver one that's going to yeah. rust in about six months. Yeah. But I felt so fucking lit. Uh, I used to wear uh, camouflage. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I was always at the Army Fatigue store. Yeah. Re- I mean, No Limit really set a precedent just for us in the South. Like, for sure. young folks, there was nothing else going on for sure. at all at that time. Does the does the name still hold weight? Does it still mean things when you go per- certain places and you wear your chain? Do you still get that same respect? Real shit. Absolutely. Because, I mean, you know, No Limit was more than just a record label. It was a movement. You know what I'm saying? And it was a it was a, a, a understanding, you know what I mean, for what it stood for. It was black excellence. It was independence, black ownership, you know, some real street niggas doing their thing, you know. And you got to think that, you know, Peace spearheaded that whole independent thing. He wasn't the first to do it. But, you know, some of the people before him, you know, he ended up kind of surpassing them, you know, but still paying homage, you know, exactly. so he kind of set a new precedence in doing business and music. So, yeah, matter of fact, I was in the mall down here and uh, somebody recognized me. They was like, Big Court, yeah, that chain, No Limit, yeah, no you limit. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah, it still carry weight. No Limit's a university, too, you know what I'm saying? So a lot of us have come through there and, you know, we learn what we learn, you know, from that experience and then we, you know, we take off and do other things. And so let's do it like this. We won't get to the No Limit story, man. But first and foremost, we want to touch on your story as far as your come up. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us about as far as, uh, you know, what got you to, uh, you know, to you met P and stuff like that. Yeah. Tell us your story as far as coming up Kansas City. Yeah, well, you know, shit, I'm made in the 70s, raised in the 80s. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I started out as a rapper in the in the late 80s, early 90s. You know what I mean? Big Court was the name still? Or did you, no, nah, I was Court Dog. Okay. Oh, I was court. See, a lot of, see, a lot of motherfuckers still know me as Court Dog. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. So... Yeah, it's people still put it together today that I'm the same nigga, you know what yes. I mean? But, uh, um, and I was a part of a group called CCG, me and my partner Cisco. And so we was doing our thing locally and uh, we was just sending tapes out. You know, back then, this is before social media. So, uh, you know, you remember you used to get your tape, get your CD, look at the dresses, the credits and all that shit. And so I ended up sending out a bunch of tapes. I'm like 17, 16, 17 years old. Uh, initially, we were dealing with Ruthless. With shout easy. out Ruthless Records. Yeah, yeah. Shout, shout out, out to Ruthless Records. All thugs, all the, yeah. Yeah. Well, what, what, what was Ruthless at that time? Because this is what, what year would you say this, this was? Right? This was 94 going into 95. Oh, yeah. That's when Bone Thugs really Bone just came around. out. Creeping yeah. on the come up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Creeping yeah. on the come up. Was, Creeping yeah. on the come up. So Ruthless was. 
Yeah. Heavy. But I was already kind of enamored with Easy and, and Ruthless because I, you know, that Easy is what who inspired me to rap. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, obviously you gravitate toward the people you look up to, you know what I'm saying? So um at that time, you know, Ice T, I couldn't because he was like my one of my favorites too, but I couldn't, you know, I don't know if he was doing the label thing. So we end up sending tapes to Ruthless and we were talking with Ruthless, you oh. know. Yeah. And so finally. Who, who was the person you were talking to? Was that, um, was it, I forget his name. Uh, nah, that. it was a female. Okay, it was, okay. Female. It was Cassandra Ware. Okay, Cassandra. Yeah, yeah, Cassandra Ware. I used to call this woman every day. Damn. You know what I'm saying? Every day. <laughs> I was running up. This is, see, a lot of the youngsters don't know. This is before cell phones and long distance. I was running up the long distance bill. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, oh, yeah. on the right. You know, my daddy, like, who the fuck, who you calling in California so much? You know what I'm saying? So I was calling Ruthless and Cassandra Ware. She was, she, you know, shout out to her, man. She was so gracious. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but uh, finally, Easy heard the tape. She said he liked it. But then Easy died a few months later. Damn. Yeah, so Damn. we was like, fuck. On a conspiracy theory level, I don't know if you ever seen, there's a show with yeah. Easy's daughter yeah. where she goes around trying to figure out what's going yeah. on, what actually happened. And there's a clip where he mentions, you know, people yeah. sticking people in with a needle. Yeah. Um, you know, everybody that talks about Easy says he went really, really fast. It right. was like unprecedented. Um, what is your take on that whole situation? Man, you know, uh, and I have to be respectful because, you know, little Easy e is my homeboy. Yeah, exactly. I seen, him on the, I seen him on the podcast. Yeah. And, um, you know, everybody has their thoughts. Uh, me personally, um, I don't know if it was a conspiracy. I can't say. You know, I, I think that, you know, Easy was living. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think a lot of times we tend to think that shit is more than what it is. Like when Tupac got killed. Everybody thought it was it was a nigga named Orlando. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, simple. You know, it is you know, and I think that Easy was living and maybe he was just a little more free with himself. And and you know, and then Easy came up in the in the in the 80s, you know, with the dope dope era. So yeah. ain't no telling what he ran across, you know what I'm saying? So I think that I personally think that maybe Easy knew and maybe he just didn't take it serious, or maybe he was in denial, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it just it got on on top of him, so you know what I'm saying, took like him that, out. Man. So we that's that's my opinion, to be honest with you. I don't know about conspiracy theories. Definitely. Uh, man, we good friends with uh, Jason Mitchell, man, who played uh, mm -hmm. yeah. Eze. Yep. Um, how do you think he did in Straight Outta Compton to represent, you know, yeah. your idol, one of your idols, you know? Right. Putting him I think, on, on I think Jason did, I think he did great. Yeah. yeah, in my opinion, I think he did super, super yeah. good, yeah. Yeah. All right, so you're, you're trying to get on Ruthless. Uh, Easy, of course, uh, yeah. passes away. Yep. Um, what is the game plan after that? Are you still trying to get the ruthless or what? Like, you know, you're still making music. You still got a, a yeah. you know, tape that you're trying to get out. Yeah. Communication got weird. You know what I'm saying? Naturally. You know what I mean? They whole shit was in disarray, you know? Um, so I went back to the grind. I went back. I was sending tapes to, you know, Black Market up in Sacramento. Um, well, initially I was sending tapes to majors like Jive and all of that. But they, I was getting the tapes back. And they were stamping on there, we don't accept unsolicited material. I didn't even know what that shit meant, right? So that's when I devised a plan to say, well, damn, let me try to send some tapes to some of these smaller labels. I didn't have the verbiage independent. I didn't know what that was. I didn't have a reference point. But uh, so I was sending shit to like uh, Rap-A-Lot, um, shit at that time, uh, In A Minute Records, all of that, you know, them smaller record labels, primarily on the West Coast and down South. Yeah. And uh, shit, and, and No Limit. There you go on. All right, so 
I think it was um, going towards 95, 96 when you actually get on a situation with yeah. uh, where you get in front of people. Tell us how that came about as far as even connecting with Pierre, whoever you connected with yeah. at No Limit Camp. Well, what it was is I was sending tapes and uh, P had a voicemail. So I would purposely. The first thing I thought it was drunk. Huh? The first thing I thought it was, uh, what's it, uh, uh, may I speak to P? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it is oh, P. yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> P ain't here. P ain't here. Nah. He had, a, he had a nondescript voicemail. You wouldn't know, you know, it wasn't no introduction or nothing like that. And so it was on the back of the tape. This is when he was still in the Bay Area. So I just would call and I would just fill the motherfucker up. Like I would make sure nobody else could leave messages on it. Oh, you were you you hustling. Oh, man. Yeah. Come oh, on, bro. I had called so many record labels where I learned just kind of how shit worked. You know what I mean? Now, mind you, this is before social media. I'm like 18, 17 yeah. years old. And so I did that shit every day. Every day I called. <laughs> you have 99 new messages. <laughs> Exactly. It's court. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Hey, every day he picked that bitch up. He heard my voice. Yeah, man, it's court dog again. Man, we the hottest in the city. Need to fuck with us. And I purposely hang up, call right back. Yeah, it's me again because I didn't want nobody else to get in there. So I did that consistently. And, and he said it. he got, I got on his nerves. So he figured I was that fucking dedicated that I had to be doing something. Do you think that tactic still works to this day? I think so. Yeah, when people are persi persistence pays off, you know, especially when you can deliver on that persistence. You know what I mean? Um, uh, yeah, and I tell youngsters all the time, it's presentation as well. You know, because not only was I sending voicemails, but he already had like ten packages there from me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like you had no choice but to, let me see what he talking about. Yeah, yeah, I would just send shit out because it was a Tuesday. You know what I mean? That's how dedicated I was. But then. You have to think, bro. I didn't even I, I used a lot of common sense. You know, I, I didn't understand uh, a media package or EPK. I'm from Kansas City. There's no industry. You know what I'm saying? So I did a handwritten bio. Nobody told me to do that. I just kind of thought, well, shit, I guess these motherfuckers got to know something about us. So I wrote a I hand wrote a bio. Uh, we had some pictures and shit. We didn't have an album cover, you know what I mean? This marketing shit was just in you, bro. Hey, hey, you know what I'm saying? I could sell ice to an Eskimo twice, bro. Like, I was on it, you know what I'm saying? And I, uh, I, I did it, and so he ended up telling Servone to go get the package. Yeah. This is when they was in the Bay Area. And he listened to it, and shit, he called me. Man, know? tell me the emotion you went through when, when Master P hit your ass up. Hey, this is a true story, right? So I was at my dad's house. I had just got off of probation. I was on house arrest. So I just, I, I was in jail at 15. And so the state took me from my mom, made me live with my dad on house arrest. So I'm going through all this legal shit. You know, I'm trying to figure my life out. You know what I mean? I got a baby on the way. Matter of fact, I might, no, I already had a baby. I already had, I had my first child at 16. So I was staying with my dad. Now, mind you, I didn't grow up with my dad. You know, so we, we was just two niggas named Courtney living in the house. You feel me? So, uh. So I'm on the toilet stool, right? And, and the phone rings. And so I think it rang twice. It, I, did, I let it go to, uh, 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 to the voicemail. Well, it was an answering machine back then. You know what I'm saying? And then they called back. So something told me to get up and waddle to the phone. You know what I'm saying? So I got up. Yeah, I had the motherfuckers on my ankles. I got up, waddled to the bitch, answered it. And it was a voice I didn't recognize. It was like, can I speak to Courtney? I'm like, Shit, he ain't here. I'm thinking he asked for my old man, you know what I mean? And so he was like, well, tell him P called. So I was like, P? I was like, nah, 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 this is me. 
And he was like, well, shit, nigga, you dodging somebody? Like, what's up? You know what I'm saying? I was like, nah, you know, my daddy named Pete uh, Court, too. And so uh, it went from there. You know what I'm saying? Then he was like, man, at that time, he was doing Down South Hustlers. Yeah. And so he was like, I fuck with y'all. I want to bring y'all to Cali. I want to put y'all on Down South Hustlers. So I'm on Down South Hustlers. That was the first song I did with him, which was the song R.I.P. And if you look on the inside of the cover with CCG, that's me on the inside with the black on. So wow. that was that. So he, he sent this is back when he, you had to send tickets, you know, it wasn't confirmation numbers and shit. So he sent some Southwest tickets and shit. <laughs> so uh, me and my partner, you know, we went out there and got down. Tell us what it was like to meet Master P. Um, man, it was crazy because that was my first time to the Bay Area. And um, see, I, I really wasn't I wasn't up on P like that. Yeah, initially early, yeah. yeah like like a lot of my peers knew about him but i really didn't know who he was for real for real you know what i'm saying yeah. so uh but so like the song uh uh i believe uh ice cream ice cream man oh uh, yeah uh yeah were you like were you up on that were you up on uh that wasn't out yet that wasn't out oh yeah it was down south yeah go ahead so this is right after 99 ways to die yeah and right when that first TRU came out. So yeah, about it, it just came out it on the TRU album, right. but it just came out, yeah. right? So I, I remember hearing Ice Cream Man instrumental, you know what Dang. I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah instrumental. So, yeah. Um, so I was up on him, but not like that, like that, you know what I'm saying? So when, I, when we end up going out there, man, P was a gangster. That's why we, but now let me say this though. Me and P had already, we talked for months before we actually flew out there. Oh, that's real. So you got to think, I'm telling my homeboys, they couldn't believe it because P would just call me. He would call me from the road like, man, what you into? What's going on? Just kind of getting to know me and, and what we had going on and where my head was. Yeah. So we talked for months, damn near every other day until we actually met in person. Yeah. So by the time I met the nigga, it was like we was old friends, you know what I mean? But P was a gangster, you know what I'm saying? P used to wear... These two short, these, you know, double pair of shorts, he used to keep a Glock in each pocket. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, he, you know, mouth full of goals. He, he was still rough around the edges back then. Definitely. I'm, I'm curious, um, who was around at that time in Peace Circle from yeah. C. Murder, Silk to Shaka? <clears throat> yeah. Who, who was the people that, I know you said Sermon, yeah. you know, who was all around that, na the names that we might know? So, at that time... Uh, when they was in the Bay Area, we all stayed in the little apartment. Um, it was Beast by the Pound. It was Mo. It was, yeah, shout out to Beast by the Pound. It was Moby Dick, KLC, Mia X, Servon, Big Ed, rest in peace. Um, see, Murder was in and out. I didn't see him a whole lot during that time. Um, and King George. Where was C Murder? Did they did people say where C Murder was going? Like, was he taking the nah, music serious? Nah, or? he was just, I don't know, to be honest. C Murder, with you. Was, Yeah, yeah. His name yeah. was C Murder. Yeah, C was just, you know, he was being C, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> he was in and out. So I didn't see C that much. Silk was was around. Um, yeah, but those was the main ones. Like the TRU, the first TRU with them three, but then like, you know what I'm saying, Big Ed and all and, and them. How hard was it for a young kid from Kansas no, to come? No, Kansas City, Missouri. Kansas City, Missouri. Yeah, Missouri. yeah. I'm sorry. That's all right. For Kansas City, Missouri mm -hmm. to acclimate with all these new people, from mm -hmm. people from the South, yeah. all over the world, in the Bay, yeah. which is not the South, Bruh. and just trying to figure out how hard was that for you? 
it was tricky. It was tricky. I'm going to tell you why. Uh, for a couple different reasons. Uh, for one, one, even musically, because now Kansas City, you know, we have a kinship with the Bay. Yeah. So a lot of the music was mob music, like K. Lou, Al Eaton, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Aunt Banks and all of that. And that's what we were used to rapping on. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. At that time, P was transitioning the sound from that West Coast sound to that bounce, that beast yeah. by the pound. Man, that shit was hard as hell to get acclimated to, to rap to, because our style was more like Bone Thugs and Harmony. So we were used to kind of a, a different West Coast kind of, kind of you know, pocket. Yeah, and so, yeah, when KLC and them is giving us kind of these, these bounce beats, it's like, we, I'm, you know, I'm kind of discombobulated. I'm trying right, to find yeah, my, yeah, yeah. To, I'm like, shit, it. it's a whole different vibe, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that, and then the New Orleans slang. I remember Sir, uh, this is when I found out that bitch was a person, place, a thing in New Orleans, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. And so Sir, we was talking, he said, yeah, bitch, woo, woo, woo. And I was like, what? <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. We, so I kind of looked at her, I said, man, this nigga just called me a bitch, bro. Like, <laughs> you know, so, so then, um, but then I heard how they talked to each other. Whoa, bitch, I see you, bitch. We out this bitch. This bitch lit, bitch. bitch. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So, right, right. Man, man, right. So, so I had to, I had to adjust to that. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? So, it, yeah, it was a little bit of an adjustment. What if they come up to you and say, man, I love you, bitch, man. No, that, that, that's what it was. That's what it was. Yeah. Now, you know, I don't want to put this on you, but since you got the market of mine, where you the one that came up with the square box CDs, man, you know how No Limit always had that, yeah. that CD that it was like they had that certain style to it. Yeah. Nobody else had. You talking about from uh, Ghetto D? Yeah. The, the I mean, just, plastic yeah. jewel box? All of them motherfuckers. Uh -huh. like, who came up with that idea to, to do the CDs like that? That was, that was like a collector's item. That's all P. That was, that was, you know, people don't realize that P went to college. You know, yeah. he, he's formally educated. So... He understood marketing, you know, yeah. and, and he wanted to create something that stood out. So a lot of like, you know, the N.W.A. shit, a lot of the shit back then. Well, I know that was a little bit prior to that, but I'm saying it was dark. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So P just came in with the color. It was like color, color you know, yeah, the pop bling, and the graphics more, and all that the 3D shit. 3D looking almost coming at yeah. you like. Even with the uh, get, uh, the ghetto D with the jewel case, that yeah. plastic jewel case case that didn't have. It just had the sticker over it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Just marketing tactics. I'm curious. I, I got one question to ask because this yeah. is the thing that I've and I, I'm just gonna fast forward a little bit. Music from back then, I feel like I think everybody went platinum or something like that in the No Limit era, where like everything they put out, they were going gold and platinum. Right, right. Why is it so hard for the artists today to sell? Do you think? Like it just, it, I don't understand mm -hmm. why technology advanced, but the sales are going backwards. Well. I, I don't know. I don't know that the sales necessarily go backwards. I think it's how it's counted, you know, because now you got streams. You know what I'm saying? So now the music is instant. It's not like it was back because you had to wait, you know, for the for the drop ship. You had to wait every Tuesday. You know what I'm saying? Like music was a little more sacred because it wasn't so readily available. You know what I mean? Like we would listen. You got to think about it. Our artists back in the day traditionally would drop an album once every year, once every year and a half. Yeah, now. Thanks. Because you have social media, they can engage with their artists every day. You know, they into their life. They drop songs whenever they want. Videos are like that instantly. 
So yeah. I think it's, it's it being readily available. But I don't know the sales are necessarily, the amount of money being paid out is down. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I, don't ne- I don't think necessarily the sales. I think it's just how it's counted. Because hip hop is, is not less consumed. If anything, right. it's, it's consumed more. Right, but, more the sales, but you see people, it's like 30,000. And you're like, damn, like, well, I remember when boys are doing five, 200 Yeah, days. Yeah, but are those physical sales, though? Yeah. See, that's what I'm... Yeah, they'll tell you, but that number be low. I yeah. mean, but here's the thing. If you could sell 13,000 copies, but you got a billion streams... That's what I'm saying. <laughs> that, no, now, no, well, no, it does. Because, I mean, physical copies just aren't relevant anymore. Like, shit, a few of my cars don't even have CD players. If you had to be a CD right now, I promise I, I'll hear that. Bit. I couldn't do nothing. Man, listen, man, listen. I, told, I told this little nigga got mad at me one time. He was selling CDs. I told him, I said, my nigga, I hope you're selling Walkmans, too, because I don't know how to fuck <laughs> <I play." laughs> You know what I'm saying? Nah, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know what you want me to do with that. Now, I want to take this time to go through um, the No Limit roster, mm-hmm. which is extensive. Yeah. And, but let's just start with, uh, let's start with Beast by the Pound. Yeah. How important do you feel Beast by the Pound was to the No Limit era and just the down south sound at the time? Like you said, mm-hmm. it brought the bounce back. Yeah. Um, how important do you feel they are and how much recognition do you feel they get today? Um, they were very instrumental. You know what I'm saying? Very, very much so. Because I think, you know, P saw a hole, you know what I mean? With the genius of Beast by the Pound and, and P, you know, spearheading and leading the, the charge. Yeah. Um, you know, they just put some groove into it back then. And then, too, uh, you know, everybody was scared of gangster shit, if you remember that, because Biggie died, Tupac died. Everybody got on some jiggy shit. Right. It was going to this shiny, shiny suit. You know, no, no shade to puff. But you know what I'm saying? They was getting away from it. Yeah. Then P came in with I'm about and by. You, you know, he there. brought that raw shit back and he ran through that hole, you know. Man. But where where where. Beast by the Pound was very effective is the fact that they just put because back then gangster shit you really couldn't dance to. You know what I'm saying? It was ride music. It was trunk music. You yeah. just you know, you just kill niggas to it. Right. right. So, right. you know, they they ushered in that they, that New Orleans bounce in because about about it is a bounce record. It's a bounce you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, some crunk yeah. shit. Most of most of the anthems they did were bounce. Records. That's what I'm saying. So they so they they brought that in to where it just had a broader appeal. You know what I mean? It had a broader appeal. It was catchy, you know, and, and P, he understood how to keep his finger on the pulse of the culture with the lingo. And he basically gave niggas a soundtrack to how they was living and what they was doing. You know, that's why you have bourbons and lacks. That's why you oh, yeah. have running out my crack house, shit like that, that niggas was really doing, you know, my weed and my Hennessy. That's yeah, just shit yeah. that niggas want to hear and do, you know. If you could see Beast by the Pound do a versus with a, another either producer or group of producers, uh, yeah. who would you like to see them go against? I mean, that, it would it would have to be. I mean, unfortunately, Manny by itself. But I feel like it would have to be Manny Fresh. <laughs> you know, you got five niggas and you got Manny. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it would have to be Manny. Tell us about your first trip to the South. Um, with with as far as with no limit, no limit by yourself. Like what what were your first when you first touched down in the South, what yeah. was that experience like? My first trip to the South was to the motherfucking um, Bayou Classic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Tell us the about Bayou that. Classic. <laughs> yeah. And this was, this was the 90s. This yeah. was the 90s Bayou Classic. You know what I'm saying? So I remember I drove. I had a blue cutlass. This was like 96. I had a blue cutlass with like 10 switches on it, Dayton's, all that shit. Yeah. Yeah. I was doing my thing back then. 
You know what I'm saying? And uh, I remember going down there to uh, uh, for the because the Bayou Classic is Grambling and who was okay. And so uh, I was down there on Bourbon Street. <clears throat> I remember I had an AK in the trunk, and uh, I, I got stopped. Did. Yeah, this one. This is when I found out how crooked the the, the New Orleans po- police can be. And I remember they stopped me. They was finna search my shit. I started walking back to the car. It was like, where you going? I was like, shit, y'all searching this motherfucker. I'm finna go get in the back of the police car. <laughs> Fuck. I didn't know what you finna find. You know what I mean? I was, I'm just gonna go. They had me handcuffed. I was like, I'm just gonna, let's go. Let's get it over with, bro. And they end up letting me go. With, yeah. with, the, with the chopper and everything. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, cause, yeah, cause, yeah. You didn't have like, no bird. Yeah, I was like, oh, it's different down here. You know what I mean? All they want is your money. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Exactly. Listen. Exactly. Listen. I wasn't going to leave with that money if I had it. <laughs> Man, I'm curious as far as, um, you know, uh, I believe it was um, No Limit was turned up. Like you said, the TRU came out. Mm-hmm. And then you had this young artist named Mystical. Yes. That was already a beast of his own that right. quickly after his first album right. uh, got into the No Limit roster. Were you around during that? Mystical. Mm, no, no, I really wasn't around a whole lot for the mystical uh, when he came over. Yeah, when he came over. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts as far as his addition to the to the No Limit Arm? Super dope. You know what I'm saying? I was a fan of mystical, you know, like yeah. everybody else even before that. You right. know what I'm saying? So I thought it was, uh, and especially over Beast by the Pound. Oh, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Oh, it yeah. was, yeah, it was a perfect match. Perfect yeah. match. You know, mystical is a super talented dude. I mean, I'm fortunate enough to still be on the road with him, you know what I mean? And go. watch him perform every night. And, and you know, and he's, he's a good dude, funny as hell, you know funny what I mean? Talented <laughs> as hell, uh, down to earth as hell. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I'm curious on your thoughts as far as uh, the women on No Limit. Yeah. Uh, from uh, Ghetto Twins, yeah. Mia X, yeah. um, Mercedes. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts as far as just the way the women kind of ran? the game at that time. Like a lot of women, of course, you know, all respect to Salt and Pepper and yeah. everyone before that. Yeah. But it when it came to that gangster shit, right. Uh we ain't really quite heard that until like those ladies came around and start running. What were your thoughts as far as seeing seeing them do what they do? Man, Mia was always just like that's why they call her Mama Mia. Mia was always like a mother, you know, to the squad, uh, you know, big sister. Even she used to call me pretty smile. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's what she still called me that she still called me yeah, pretty she. smile uh yeah mia was a beast bro she was a beast and you got to think at that time it wasn't a whole lot i mean you might have had little kim but that's not gangster it's shit like, yeah you know what i'm saying i don't know that gangster boo and three six kind of was maybe a little bit behind you know coming bit, behind yeah. no limit um you have marvelous up in sacramento but you did have choice from rap a lot you didn't have choice. A lot of yes, people yes. don't talk about people, choice. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people don't respect you know what I'm that. Saying? It, again, and it's not saying they, they overshadow, but it's like yeah. what he was doing at the time. Yeah. What he was doing mm-hmm. just put more light on what yeah. his what yeah. the ladies of No Limit. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Mia could carry her own with around the fellas, like both on a track and in real life. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mia, Mia was a gangster too. So you know what I'm saying? Nah, like, real. you know, don't I'd be remiss if I didn't uh put that fact out there. For real, I gotta ask as far as um you know, as you said, Snoop came through. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, design. You know, yeah. He was a. It, it was. It was weird. And mind you, you know, you love seeing what Easy E did. Mm-hmm. You know, knowing that West Coast culture, seeing Snoop come to No Limit for you. 
Mm-hmm. How was that for you as a young man at the time, as a, uh, yeah. as, a as a rapper? Like, like LeBron, it, it, right? It, 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 it was, right, every, bro. The whole world was like Snoop on, you know, because yeah, the, the, yeah, just, yeah, it was like you know, Pac and it, yeah. It was how was it for you, seeing Snoop? Man, that was dope, bro. Like, like Snoop, Snoop is a superstar. Like, I was just talking with somebody about Snoop the other day, and they was like, I was like, Snoop got to be one of the most famous rappers in the in the world in the industry. But Snoop has that it factor. You see what I'm saying? You know how some people just got that it. They just got that thing. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And and Snoop, you know, he he was charismatic. You know what I mean? And, and yeah, Snoop fit right in. I actually liked that first album. A lot of motherfuckers didn't like the transition from Snoop to Over Beast by the Pound. But that game to be sold and not told, that bitch was hard. That bitch was hard. That proved everyone wrong. Yeah. People were worried. Like, I don't know. Nah, man. That shit. That shit was rocking. That shit was bumping. Snoop just recently admitted in an interview that he used to lace his blunts with shrooms and pass them out to his homeboys to watch them trip out. Did you ever <laughs> smoke with Snoop? I ain't, I ain't never smoked. I ain't a smoker, but I never witnessed it. I never witnessed that. Okay. <laughs> now, one thing Snoop also said that uh, when he went to No Limit, that's when he learned business. And yep. he actually went in there, showed him how to really make money. Yeah. How yeah. much of that did he do for everybody else in the group? Was that one of the things that Pete did, was just put everybody on game? Um, yeah, yeah. You have to, you have to pay attention and you have to ask. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, P ain't gonna necessarily just hold your hand and come sit you down and say this, that, and the other. But you learn by, you know, um, example. You know, you watch, you watch what he does, how he does, and if you ask, he gonna he gonna tell you. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So. Uh, yeah, that's like the, like he says it. We all say it. No limits of university. You know, some people stay, some people come back, some people leave and come back, some people you know graduate and go on to do other things. You know, um, but I think what we all learned and took away from No Limit um, is work ethic. You know, like work ethic. You know, P works like a dog, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like like you know he his his success was really. Um, I guess you could say kind of uh, circuitous, meaning he, he kind of took the long route. You know what I'm saying? Like he didn't take the elevator. He took the stairs. You feel me? And he still works like that. So I think it's the it's the work ethic that 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 and some get it more than others. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. The, uh, you know, I'm going to quote the famous uh, Nadeska off of a uh, uh, off of a everyday struggle. Um, do you feel like Pete has uh, too many businesses? No, nah, I don't think you can ever have too many businesses. You know what I'm saying? I, hey, listen, I always say, man, listen, I created 10 businesses in case nine of them failed. You there you know go. what I mean? So I think you can, you know, most wealthy people have multiple revenue streams. Now, I ain't, ain't going to lie to you. Uh, and, I, you know, I, I, to see what Pete does from the uh, put, getting put on rap snacks to the noodles to, like, yeah. just his entrepreneurship is crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I see... when I. To me, the smartest investment he made, which should have been earlier, mm-hmm. was the ice cream. Like, yeah. just the fact that <laughs> right. he really just, the 31 yeah. flavors, like, yeah. it should have been that. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I love, yeah. I love the clothes. I love everything he does. Yeah. Now, I ain't going to lie to you. Uh, the Hootie Hoops. Yeah. That's the one thing I'm like. <laughs> what was that? What is that? The cereal? The cereal. Yeah, the okay. cereal. I'm like, okay. that's the one thing I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but. Yeah. But what I want to know is, what was y'all thinking when a nigga just hit the league? <laughs> wait, wait. Well, our CEO is playing for Toronto? <laughs> oh, shit. But but no. But see, this is the thing, man. A lot of people don't understand that was P's initial dream. Nice. Music music was 
what the fuck is this nigga doing? Yeah. That's what people <laughs> right. are, you know what I'm saying? Right. The music was the one. Yeah. But to see him actually make the league, though, yeah. that had to be yeah. like, what the fuck? He did, man. He put the work in. But if you knew him, then you knew that he was really about that. Yeah, like, no he famous. was an athlete first. The music shit was like when people was like, you hear P doing music, right? right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So so that was when he had he got hurt and had to find something else. But once he healed up, like he's passionate about sports. And like me and him, that's where we bonded initially, too, because me and P used to fight on the basketball court. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, we got into squabbles and everything over got basketball. The best of who? I was young back then. <laughs> <laughs> and I wasn't as yoked up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> you know, but it's always been that big brother, you know, little brother energy. You know what I mean? So, yeah, but basketball, that, that's serious and no limit. Basketball and boxing, you mm. know. Now, I got to ask you, uh, as far as uh, the P as a family man, um, mm-hmm. uh, he was uh, Romeo. Mm-hmm. Uh, himself was on the uh, Grown Up Hip Hop. Mm-hmm. P uh, was I don't know if P I think P was a producer on the show or yeah he was big a big they, part they of both were. hip-hop yeah they, they, they both, both were, were. Mm-hmm. um and he recently was on a breakfast club where he kind of mm-hmm. just wanted to take a step back from that because of the yeah the, the storylines they were trying the to narrative make, the yeah. narratives they're trying to go with yeah. um what are your thoughts as far as just knowing him and his family and what what they were trying to present to the world as far as what he trying to stay away from what was he trying to stay away from as far as what they're trying to put in front i of think him? when you you know think about uh like now man we you know we're content creators and yeah. and we understand what moves the needle what drives the needle controversy and bullshit you know what i'm saying but but now you're playing with somebody's reputation you're playing with somebody's family you know the narrative of who they are in the family and a lot of the public is dumb man they they you know no disrespect but a lot of people feed into the bullshit they believe it you know, um, so, yeah, it, it was just a thing of, you know, the, the, the narrative and, and not wanting to get into that where black folks are being, you know, portrayed as ignorant and, you know, dysfunctional and all of that type shit, you know, and just protecting the truth, to be very honest you with go. you. It's like, hold on. I, we not perfect, but that ain't us. And y'all trying to get ratings and do that like, nah. Speaking of bullshit. <laughs> Whack 100. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, he made discouraging comments about Master P. Yeah. Um, and, you know, what he's done for music. Mm-hmm. Uh, what were your thoughts on that? Well, you know, I went viral. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell him for those that may not know what happened in that scenario. Um, let him know. Well... I mean, it's a thing where, you know, I, like, like what we were just talking about, you know what I'm saying? I think when you're talking about um, uh, the mess, the controversy, you know what I'm saying? People, people, uh, we good? Oh, okay, okay. Um, people, uh, you know, they, they, they like to, to traffic in the messiness and the bullshit, you know what I mean? And, you know, so Wack, you know, he said some disparaging things about my brother, you know, um, and, you know, P, P didn't trip off of it. You know, the thing about it, when you're successful, you, you, you got to understand that's a part of it. You know what I mean? That, that just comes with the game, right? But, you know, when you, when, when, when you got to think, we all put ourselves in the public uh, arena to be both praised and ridiculed. You, that just come with it, right? But, and people can have their opinions. You know what I'm saying? All this shit's subjective. But what happens is when a motherfucker starts becoming... Um, when the when the the narrative and the shit being said becomes acrimon it becomes acrimonious it becomes you know vitriol it becomes hate 
and, and innuendo and all of that type of shit, then, you know, that's what creates the problem, you know. And I think dude, you know, he traffics in that and he, he feeds on that shit. I believe that what he does, how Wack does what he does is a business model. I'll be very honest with you. I don't know that it's personal with anybody that right. he tries to fuck over. I think right. it's just him keeping his name in the mix and trying to keep his numbers and, and keep his shit up. You know, I mean, it's cloud chasing one on one, but, you but know. How do you how do you feel though about like this day and age is wild right you're actually seeing niggas that are from the street but they get yeah. online and they use yeah. other niggas names for clickbait but because yeah. they tough they don't give a fuck and they gonna it's like we live in a, such a weird yeah. age like because you have a podcast yeah. so we're gonna touch on that yeah but how do you feel about niggas just using niggas names as clickbait and and, and things like man, that? man that's some that's some fugazi shit I, I i think i'm just from the old school bro that's some whole shit and like you say these I don't get that, like all the gossip and all of that, because to me, it's parasitic. It's a parasite because what it is, is you can't create anything. So you latch on to everything and everybody else's shit and try to drain the life out of them. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't get that. That's some whole shit. I don't respect it, especially if you're supposed to be a real nigga, real street nigga, because, you know, in, the, in real life, you know, when you gossip and you run your mouth, you got to be willing to stand on that and die behind that, you know. And to me, it ain't worth it for a click. It's not worth it. Why do you think black people push the needle so hard on things like this, just yep. bringing each other? What do you think it is about us? Because you don't really see a lot of clout chasing in yep. under industries or genres of music, just really mm -hmm. hip hop, entertainment, the, anything that involves black entertainment. Man, that's crazy, bro. I say the same thing. I think it's a layered question. Um, I think it's, some of it is remnants of, of Willie Lynch. You know, we have a, a general disdain and distrust for each other. Uh, we deal with each other so heavy handedly. Um, you know, a lot of niggas is just thirsty. You know, we'll cut, we'll cut <laughs> off each other's head to try to get some money and monetize, you know, so a nigga or try to talk bad on another nigga just to get some monetization for his channel. You know, um, right. yeah, it's, it's like the wild, wild west. Nobody has any integrity, really. So do you separate the music from the business at all? Like, um, for example, mm -hmm. and I'll throw a scenario out there. You have a podcast. Yep. Let's say Takashi 69 hit you up to do a podcast. Right. Would you even entertain it? Yeah, Some people say it's business, some people it's, okay. I would, yeah. And what is your mindset behind that? Shit, I ain't robbing banks with that nigga. I ain't in the streets like that. I'm a, I'm a businessman. I'm a family man. You know, he got a story to tell. He got an audience. I, you know, I don't get into, I mind my business. You know what I'm saying? Like, whatever he did with who he did it to, that's their problem. They don't got nothing to do with me. You know, I don't interject myself into the fuck shit on purpose. What made you want to get into podcasting? Um, well, shit, me and P had a show. Me, P, and Jay Tweezy had a show called um, Doing the Most on Playboy Radio about five years ago. And so um, that's when I got the bug. And P, he, he told me, he was like, you kind of good at this. I was like, really? You know what I'm saying? So that put the little battery in my back. And so during the quarantine, I was just sitting back chilling, just listening to, you know, Gangster Chronicles, you know, Be High, ATL, you know, all of that shit, Drink Champs. And so I was like, damn, I think I have something to offer in this space. Plus, you know, I do speaking engagements. I was going live and different things like that. And people would always be like, man, you speak so well. Like you should, you know, you should do that. Like you, you got something to say. So me and my homeboy, producer Ken, we was like, fuck it. Let's take a go at it. You know what I mean? So I have a background in TV production and movie production. So, you know, I knew how to give it the look and all of that shit. 
And so, you know, we just put it down like that. So let's, what is the name of the podcast for those? Holding Court Podcast. Holding Court. And what is like the overall, if you were to say the overall, um, what the podcast is about? Is it guest base? Is it just you with the homies? Oh, um, you know, so it's funny. Well, let me say how I got the name Holding Court. Obviously, it's a play on my name. Yeah. Right. But I remember my mama one time, I was like 15. This is actually right before I went to jail the first time. And I was out on the porch talking shit with the homies or whatever. And I remember she called me in the house and she was just, and she said, she said, yeah, nigga. She said, I hear you out there holding court with them niggas like you some big gangster yeah, or something. Yeah. You know, <laughs> right. You, you know what I'm saying? And so, so she told me, she was like, yeah, nigga, you keep fucking around, you're gonna catch a case. And I did, you know, before wow. the summer was up, you know what I'm saying? But I remember thinking she was just fucking with me. You know how you think your parents just picking with you? But that always stuck in my mind for some reason. You know, she was like, basically, nigga, you, you out here talking shit, thinking, you know, thinking you this and that. And so, um, yeah, for some reason, you know, it just it made sense now. But when you ask me what what it what is what it is, I like to say that my platform is black excellence and nigga shit, you know, all in one, you know, Hennessy. If Hennessy could talk. Yeah. So I kind of I kind of wanted to do kind of like a hybrid of, of Vlad. And like um, drink champs, you know, I like to bring in the legends. I like to I like to document the journey. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think people get inspired by the by people's journey and their journey of overcoming. You know, you so that was really what 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 was the what precipitated the, the the idea. Give me your top three favorite interviews that you've done on your platform. So this is the thing, bro. I started out with my bucket list. So that's the smartest way to go. Yeah. I started out with the motherfuckers that I wanted. I mean, I want Mike Tyson and Magic Johnson, but especially after that punch yeah, on the airplane. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Man, he innocent. Mike innocent. He innocent. Yeah. 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 Don't, piss, don't, piss, don't piss Mike off. That, yeah. That's what it is. Just don't Man, Mike, Mike is still Mike. I don't know why. Yeah, he's why you, you know what I'm saying? Man, listen, I fuck with Mike Tyson. If I was on that plane, I'd have told Mike, I got this. I'm going to hit this nigga for you. No facts. You know like, Mike, you ain't got to do it, Mike. Uh, you ain't gotta got to gotcha. do it. I got this nigga I for you. You know what I'm saying? Um, he probably kicking his seat, though. You know, that, that shit get irritating when the nigga. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, so I would say Ice-T. Ice-T was one of my favorite ones. Um, uh, Jay Prince, you know, because I grew up watching and studying Jay Prince, you know. Yeah. And I would have to say, uh, you know, it was really an honor to have Lil Easy on, too, yeah. just because I never got a chance. It was full circle. I never got a chance to really meet Easy, you know, because I was chasing Easy since a kid. I, you know, I grew up listening to him. Then I wanted to sign with him. He passed away. But here I have his son. And I've actually, you know, and I have a relationship with his son. That's my dog. You know what I mean? So uh, I think it was an honor to have Lil Easy E and have that lineage in there, too. He look and sound just like him. So I was like, this is the best I'm going to get. This is the closest I'm going to get to it. You know what I mean? How hard or easy was it to get Jay Prince in there? Oh, shit. Well, you know, that's that's mob ties, yeah. man. That's Yeah, yeah. Yeah, dudes well, be saying mob ties, and I be like, yeah. I can get them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> well let, me, let me keep it real. What it was is, uh, you know, of course, me being under the, you know, no limit, you know, so it's still fam. You know what I mean? So, and then... You know, me and Jay, it was Julia Beverly. Shout out to Julia Beverly. She's the one that really quarterbacked that. You know what I mean? He was already in the know of who I was and all of that. Because, see, this is why I always say, man, listen, good manners 
and being able to speak well and how you comport yourself will get you through doors that money won't. And I'll say what I say to that is I remember Jay was in L.A. and we were trying to connect, but our schedules uh, wasn't, you know, uh, meshing up. And uh, he went over to Ros- uh, Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles. Right. And so we were trying to meet up, but this traffic, he was moving. I was moving. So I called Roscoe Chicken and Waffles and said, yeah, when Jay get there, whatever they want, I got the bill. You know what I'm saying? So little shit like that, just to show a respect. You know what I mean? I did the same thing with Ice Cube one time at IHOP. You know what I mean? So um, and so, yeah, Julia Beverly, shout out to her. She quarterbacked that. And so when she told him that, you know, like, man, Big Court wanted, he said, say no more. You know, I, I, I'm there. You know what I mean? I fuck with the little homie. Yeah. Man, for those that sit at home, uh, before we get up, I just want to talk about as far as um, outside of the podcast, you yourself, mm-hmm. uh, what you have going on, whether through family, whether through fitness, uh, yeah. just, you know, just what do you got going on? Because you also have some businesses. Right. Uh, like you said, you're in Texas just peeping real estate. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, people may not know that, you know, you got a wealth of real estate, yeah. you know, probably around the country probably right, at this time. Right, right, uh, Tell us about you and yourself and your endeavors outside of the podcast. Um, well, outside of the podcast, you know, I built a, a multi-million dollar real estate portfolio. Um, I've had that since I was 19. That's when I 19. started. Yeah, I started what, that job. What makes you? 19? 19. Fuck! 19, like that. Man, I'm going to be out of try shit in case I went to jail. You know, I had, I had some music money. I had uh, street money. And I seen the OGs in my hood buying properties. <clears throat> and so um, I had no concept of uh, leveraging, of equity, none of that shit. I didn't even know what that meant, you know. Mm. And so by the time I hit about 23, 24, I had like 13 properties free and clear. And, but I didn't know what I was looking at. I remember thinking when I had my first property, I was like 50,000 in. And I, was, I remember standing outside of it. I was like, damn, you know, I rent this thing for six, $700 a month. It's going to take me forever to get my money back. But, you know, I sold weed back then. So I understood the volume game. So I applied it to real estate. I was like, okay, it ain't like I make a, I make a lot off the pack, but if I got a thousand of these bitches, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. so you know what I mean? It's like naturally a like, smart nigga. Like, hey, man. Hey, God, book. God smiled on me with, with some intellect. You know what I mean? I get ten houses. I do. Dude, they do a that's, stack a piece. Hey, that's ten grand. That's, that's Cardona that. don't even know. Hey, ten X. Ten X. This shit be Hey, but real shit. That's the conversation I had with myself. I said, "Well, damn. If I get ten of these, and I'm at six, seven hundred dollars a month. That's six, seven racks a month." But, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. It was this was Reggie. You know, this was the brick pack bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Two twenty five in El Paso, allegedly. You know what I'm saying? So I heard. So, um, but and I was like, you know, at 19 years old, that was a pretty good, you know, especially in Kansas City. I'm thinking six, seven. Okay, cool, passive income. So. Um, by the time I hit about 13 properties, my brother had introduced me to a lady that worked in business lending at a local credit union there. And she couldn't believe she, <laughs> she couldn't. Hey, so what happened is she couldn't believe that I had amassed this little real estate shit. And so within a few months, she got me a line of credit for 500 for half a million over the properties. And I was like, oh, shit, that's what this is. And so that piqued my interest to educate myself into it. So. I end up doing that. You know, I own 44 properties now. Uh, I have a, yeah, appreciate that. <laughs> appreciate that. Appreciate that. I, um, and then I parlayed that into a property management company. Just on some hustle shit because 
I lived in it. I, once I moved to L.A., I had to kind of run my properties remote. You know what I mean? And so what a lot of investors in L.A., as we will be talking, they would have properties where I was from. Yeah. And so they'd be needing help with little shit. And so that's when it dawned on me like, oh, shit, I got all of that. You know, I have all the HVAC and all of that. So, you know, I employed some chicks, you know, created a company. And so, you know, we managed like seven million dollars worth of assets. I was going to ask you say at first it was six hundred dollars. Yeah. Now, fast forward today, how much is that oh, same oh, rent gentrification, going for? real. You know what I'm saying? Gentrification. How much is that same rent going for today yeah. that you were paying? So now it's about double. It's double. Yeah. So were you happy when gentrification came through? Like, yes, put a Starbucks right there. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to tell you, I have mixed feelings with gentrification because I think it's a good thing when the community can share in it, you know. Yeah. But I think when the community is forced out, you know, that that's where it becomes kind of fucked up and they can't even afford to, you know, uh, maintain the property taxes. They can't afford, you know, so when they can't share in the wealth, it's fucked up, you know, and I'm seeing it all over the country. When, when did your mindset go from street nigga to businessman? Like, like I'm smart. Like, when did, because every, every black man, not, I'm, every, not even black man, yeah. every man has this instance for like, yeah. you get off that dumb shit and you're just like, click. Yeah. You maybe it's, you go to college or something, you apply for the, yeah. Arm force. I don't know, but yeah. you just had this. When was that for you, man? I think. Well, I, I'm gonna say that started. It started early. It was already a seed there. You know, I I was raised in a household where education was a focal point. You know, my grandmother made me read the dictionary. You know, when I was young in the encyclopedia, mm -hmm. um, I couldn't use uh, slang growing up. You know, in my household, I had to speak. You know, phonically, I had to enunciate my words and all of that shit. So, um, but. You know, I had to go outside and deal with the element, you know what I mean? So basically it was always in me. It was innate. So what, what I did is when I got into street shit, I was straying, you know, so almost like we talked about with P, you know, when he went to music, he was straying from his initial calling, you know what I mean? So um, I always knew it was something more for me. You know, I was just, you know, you young and you in the moment and you're trying to find yourself. So I always knew. And that's why I tell youngsters, man, don't be afraid to evolve. You know yeah, what I'm saying? You like Franklin, bro. I ain't gonna lie to you. Yeah. You like, yeah. you like, I'm yeah. Hey, did, at what point did it dawn on you? Like, damn, I made a really good decision copping this land. Like, I did. Well, it wasn't, I didn't always feel like that. Now, now we can't just talk about the wins. We right, got to right, acknowledge right. The, the, the L's too. You gotcha. know, I took a lot of L's as well. You know, some of it was, to be honest with you, as I said before, I never were formally, I graduated high school, but anything that I succeeded at, I wasn't formally educated in. So I was learning on the fly. So some shit, a lot, I made a lot of mistakes just by not having the, the information, you know. Um, what makes you so fearless? Because that, that's a bit of fearlessness to just yeah, do it. Um, well, a lot of that is a lot of that is a lot of that is my mother. You know, she yeah. always uh, instilled in me. I could do whatever I wanted to do. But then you got to think my my level of risk was different. So coming from the streets where it's my life or jail. You get, you know, so now you're talking about taking business risks. I'm like, okay, so the worst, you mean to tell me the worst thing that could happen is I could lose it? Nobody going to come try to kill me? Nobody going to come take me to jail? Oh, shit, that ain't nothing. Because I'm used to, you know, a different consequence, you know. So that's how I looked at everything. Like, what's the worst that could happen? But then I, I, I concentrate on what if it does work. Right. That's what always motivates me. It's like, no, what if it do work? I get excited with Man, that. One of the greatest feelings is when them laws get behind you and you ain't got to you just, oh, they just back there. Real I'm shit. Just, I got, and I yeah. just keep on riding. Yeah. yeah. I, got, I got pulled over last night, bro. Uh, everything clear. 
Okay, I'm just checking on you, sir. I mean, he like your tail light is out. Fix it. Yeah, but yeah. Get, get yeah. Your shit together, young black. Yeah, man. I think, but that's that's what, as we get older. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like now, when I was younger, bro, you know, you you're not really educated on your rights. You're not really educated, so you're not you're not a uh, uh, confident when you're dealing with them, you know what I'm saying? Like now I'm grown as shit, you're not gonna handle me. No, I'm not gonna be disrespectful, but you're gonna respect me. You know what I'm saying? So you ain't got no reason to search this car and you're not, you, you know? Go. And if you do, and if you do, that's fine. Whatever you find, you broke the law before I did. So it's just a minor inconvenience. They're gonna throw this little shit out, so. What is uh, some investment opportunities that you would like to get into that you've been kind of maybe looking into? Yeah. Um, I really, I'm trying to wrap my head around this cryptocurrency, yeah, you know, yeah. um, I haven't really had the time to, to really, uh, invest the time to, to learn about it. Um, but you know, I, I invest in things that I understand, you know, you that's go. what I tell people, you yeah, know, the one thing that you said a little earlier is when you start getting it, you start reading about it. You yes. start educating yourself. About you start it. educating yourself. Cause I tell people like, you know, chasing money, that only applies in the street because that's all it is. But something legitimately, you know, like I tell people, I'm a purpose chaser, not a paper chaser. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So when you're chasing your purpose, you're going to do what's necessary to really be good at it. The money will come, you know, but when you're doing something just for money, it's like chasing a shadow. You're never going to catch it, you know. So uh, I learned that early on to get in, in, involved with things that I enjoy. So which is why, like with me and P, we have a new supplement called True Body Milk, you know. And I had already had my own supplement called True Muscle, uh, True Muscle Sports. So that's, you know, I'm in the healthy living. I work out. That's some shit I'm going to do anyway. So it only made sense, you know, you plus, go. you know, shit, I'm a walking billboard. I'm my own best advertiser, you, yeah. you know. So, you know, everything that I do, even with the podcasting, that's something that I enjoy doing. I actually enjoy it. You know, I enjoy talking to people and documenting the journey and inspiring people, you know, so. What is No Limit doing right now? Like, I know yeah. um, they have a lot of, they have television shows that they're producing. Yeah. Um, you said, uh, I know we got, the, you know, the rap snacks, we got yeah. all that. But what is, are they doing anything on the music front still? Are they still in the game? Or it feels like they just like, they, it's nah, almost like right music. right now, No Limit is a retro brand. Gotcha. So we're on tour with the No Limit reunion. Right. Um, P doesn't really, at this time, you know, have a desire really to fuck with music. Um but it's always there if we choose to, you know what I'm saying? Right. If we choose to, like even myself, if I come across a young artist and I feel like it's special and it's something I want to do and get involved with, yeah. then of course we have the infrastructure and the means to, to do that. But, yeah. um, you know, we all just, you know, we've grown up, you know, right. so our, our, our affections are somewhere else, you know? But I ain't gonna lie, man, Master P jumped on the Pee Wee Longway song like two years ago. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, damn, he still got it. He'll do some shit, when, he'll play with it from time to time. Yeah. You know, he'll get, the, he'll get in the mood to do some shit. Um, damn. I would say, uh, I would say if the new No Limit got a Drake or a Nicki, it's mm -hmm. back up. I mean, I think he should still procure talent. Yeah. To where you can let these young folks do their thing because it's and just, you know, read like again, I I, I love what Cash Money did. Yeah. But man, if I you do get too. one of these new young. Yeah, for sure. But you gotta stars. you gotta be in that headspace to want to deal with that, you know, because this new generation is a whole different dynamic, you know, it's a whole different animal. Like their 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 disposition and their mentality is it, it's 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 different, you know, and you know, we, to be honest with you, we really don't have the temperament to deal with that kind of bullshit. What, what, would you, what would you say to everybody who feels like Master P is going broke? Going broke? Well, this the thing. 
I, I think I think with that, listen, anytime anybody's successful. So when you got a nigga that, that say he a real nigga, he's supposed to be the hardest nigga. What's the best way you're going to try to discredit him? You're either going to try to challenge him being a snitch or a sexuality. So it's a it's a you know, it's a um, cliche. It's a it's an old play out the old hater handbook. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. when you have someone, they say the same thing about baby. You know, yeah. same thing about baby. They say the same. Well, I don't say about Jay-Z, but, you know. Some of the, the 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 gangsters, you know what I mean, of the game. I mean, you know, that's just uh, what it is. And my 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 last question I wanted to know: Who do you feel like? And maybe you might not want to answer, but I just: Who do you feel like had the weirdest name in No Limit? Because I'm, I'm going Skull Duggy. Everybody. I think I have to agree. I have to agree. <laughs> yeah, it's called Duggery. I actually had to look that shit up. It's like a pirate term. Yeah, it's called Duggery. It's another one. Uh, fuck. It's a it's a it's another one. Um uh, well um Skanu, rest in peace to Skanu. I always thought that was I didn't know what that was. Like <laughs> What was what was your favorite No Limit song, would you say to this day? Oh, I can't go with a song. I could probably go with like an album, but <laughs> my favorite, well, I would have to say two. Probably be Master P, The Last Dawn, and um uh probably 90, 99 Ways to Die. Mm-hmm. And now you gotta rank the Master P movies. Just, okay. just give me the top three. Top three. Well, shit, I was in. I got to hook up too, so yeah. maybe maybe I should be a little biased and put that way. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Um, I would have to say that I got the hookups. Um, what was the one with Boz in there? With Boz was in all of them. Um, which one? Which one? I'm about it. Yeah, probably I'm about it. Just because Proz, it. Boz was. Uh, I forgot what that was. No, Boz. Boz was. Oh. Yeah, Boz. Yeah, what was that? Boz was in all of them, but I'm trying to think the one where he. I don't, I don't know if it was Hot Boys. I think I, I can't remember. Yeah, he had yeah. one yeah, well, like he was the po- uh, they were police or some shit. Yeah, that, 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 I think that was Hot Boys. Yeah, Hot Boys. Yeah, Snoop Dogg. He high was like boys. tied yeah. to him. Yeah, yeah, Hot Boys. But I think I'm about it, man, because that set it was so gritty. Yeah. That bitch was so low budget. You know, it was. He said, man, I don't even trust my mama. <laughs> <laughs> hey, think about I'm about it. It was real dope, real guns, real real crackheads, real yeah. junkies, all that shit. That baseball scene, I mean, that baseball yeah. bat scene. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nah, yeah. definitely, man. Man, for those that uh, want to get at you, man, see what you got going on, man. Follow the movement, man. See what you got going next, man. How can they get at you? Where can they follow you? Um, man, for well, for one, I want to tell everybody, you know, I just signed on with uh Fox Network. Uh, oh, dope. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate that. Yeah, hey man, listen, I'm gonna be honest. You call that? You kept calling their phone? Like, nah, nah. Nah, nah, I didn't do that. With, uh, but this is what I say, bro. When you put the work in, man, your work will unlock doors that you ain't seen yet. You know what I'm saying? So uh, uh, I just signed on with Fox for TMZ Hip Hop. You know what I'm saying? So I'm a co host. I'm an alternating co host. So certain episodes they bring me in on, you know. So I start filming actually Monday. So, um, that's on Fox five days a week. You said TMZ hip hop. TMZ hip hop. So with that show. platform, yeah, yeah, you know that that's an elevator yeah. platform. How and many this, people you think gonna be hitting your line? That's what I'm saying. This came fan. by way of the podcast. One of the producers was a fan of the podcast, and they liked you know my personality and what I had to bring. So yeah. uh, signed on for that. Um, so I'm excited about that. Still pushing forward with the you know Holding Court podcast. We got a whole slew of new guests coming. You know. Um, 
and uh, the supplement, you know what I'm saying? But anyway, everybody can get me at uh, IG, I am Big Court, you know, and they can, uh, you know, subscribe, like, and comment to the Holding Court podcast on YouTube. And uh, also, I just did an audio deal with uh, uh, Digital Soap Network. We're still over at Gangster Chronicles uh, with Black Effect. So, you know, I'm spread, yeah, I'm spreading my wings on that front. And uh, they can get me at uh, Holding Court podcast on IG, too. Definitely, definitely, man. Uh, That's very live, man. Uh, Any shout outs you want to give? Yeah, man. I got to give a shout out to y'all. I appreciate y'all What's having me. You know what I'm he saying? Called, hey, he called his day of. I said, you yeah. in town? We're going to make it work. We're going to make it work. I got to give a shout out to the OG Ron C. He shout the one that plugged us. You know, yeah. I grew up on Ron C. You know, shout out to the whole Dallas. Shout out to Kansas City, Missouri. Shout out to LA. That's my home too. You know, of course, my No Limit family. Uh, shout out to my producer, my co-producer, producer Kim, my management, August. Um, you know, my wife, my kids, all of that. Yeah. You know, so... Um, yeah, man. You know, I'm just grinding, but I'm blessed. You know, God's smiling on me. Man, it's much love, man. You blessing us, man, because, you know, we started this platform to really try to, like you said, hit mm-hmm. our hit our top, you know, list. And your top mm-hmm. list of your podcast is epic. And uh, mm-hmm. for us to be able to sit down and touch with you, man, it kind of widens our uh, our scope of things, man. You know, yeah. shout out to Snoop for the goddamn yeah. chain design. Yeah. 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 Goddamn, so, yeah. man, it's a blessing to have you here on the couch, man. Help us too. <laughs> come design, come hey, design our chain. I got, I got Snoop. I got Snoop coming to the show too. Oh, that's gonna mean? be. Oh, that's gonna I got be nasty. Snoop that. coming to the show. Yeah, his drink champs podcast. Uh, yeah, was yeah, dope as fuck. Yeah, dope yeah. as fuck. And you know, I want to shout out Dallas man because I, I came up on y'all's music. Like I say with Ron C. I remember y'all remember Attitude. Ooh, the no. singing group attitude. This was probably I'm probably older than y'all. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? yeah. We 80s babies. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's they was in the late 80s or whatever. They used to play one of their jams uh up in Kansas City. But you know, I've been rocking with Dallas a long time. Shout out to the attitude, DOC. Yeah. Shout out to the DOC too. Yeah, definitely, definitely, man. <laughs> listen, listen, listen. Yeah. You already know what it is, man. Thank you for coming through uh, blessing us couch, man. Well, like we said, man, don't get too lit to forget. Come back and fuck with us, man. Bring us on your podcast, man. Let's Salute. trade ver- Let's trade stories, man. Yeah. You are a real life street star, yeah. man. Big court in the building, man. Salute, brother. Hey. Shout out real street stars, nigga. Moving.